0: Hello and thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host Ryan Engley, joined as always by co-host Todd McGowan. Todd, how you doing, buddy?
1: Good, Ryan. How are you doing today? I am. I am all right.
0: NFL Draft. I mean, we. I mean, I, this should be a draft show, is, 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 what, is what this actually should be. But but uh, but we will we'll hold off on on the the vanity of doing that uh, for for at least another year uh, yeah. today. Uh, I'm very excited to be talking. This is a long, long ago was a, re- a, a request, a, a right? Request. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, gone through. we've gone through different iterations of how to talk about psychoanalysis and narrative, which is the title of this that you've no doubt seen already. And rather than going through um, how uh, different psychoanalytic concepts have been brought into uh, academic and like already like extant, like theory, like narrative theory, we're going to work through some major ideas, major concepts, things that we talk about all the time on, on the show, master signifier, object, Yaa, quilting point, but and other, and other ideas. And we're going to give them uh narrative examples and, and give them like narrative uh, substance because, um, they're well, quite frankly, um, the psycho like n- narrative this is more more my my turf in in the study of, of of media and um psychoanalysis psychoanalytic ideas are often evoked as metaphor and not and it's kind of like like the uncanny is like it's dead and we don't talk about it anymore like this thing is an example of the uncanny or this thing is an example of uh of, of what freud says like fetishism is and it's a fetish object in the thing and then it's like it's over and like, we, we, there's no more theorizing to be done. And I think, um, rather than kind of like, I don't know that that seems kind of like bitter. I don't. I don't mean it's. I don't want to. I don't want to have a bitter episode where we go through and it's like, oh, this person doesn't do this. Blah 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 blah. We're not talking about what people actually do or 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 what the concepts actually are. So we're trying to do this uh, kind of more uh, more generative thing and and talk about uh, these these objects and give them. Uh, I don't know, maybe a little, a new life at times and bring some concepts into the study of narrative, uh, psychoanalytic concepts into the study of narrative that haven't, uh, been there so much so far. I think that's, that's the, that's the aim,
1: right, Todd? That sounds good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I'm, I'm into it. So, uh, okay. Uh, and of course we will, I mean, there are some people who like, uh, Peter Brooks will probably make an appearance at some point later in this uh, episode. Cause it's, um, it's, it's kind of too big not to mention. Uh, but, but that's, but that's, that'll, that'll be at a later time. So where do you want to start?
1: Well, why don't we start with what kicks off and undergirds the narrative structure that is the master signifier, right?
0: Excellent. Right? Excellent.
1: Okay. I love so it. So first, so master signifier is the signifier that grounds signification, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the it's the first one, it's the signifier without a signified. So it, it it is the basis for the meaning of all other signifiers, for other words, but it doesn't have a meaning, it doesn't have a signified itself, and that's why it can function that way. And I think it's Wait, it's, hold on.
0: I want to stop Can we stop on that? Because yeah, yeah, that stop. I think yeah. I think that gets skipped over a ton. What you just said is really 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 important. There's a lot of times people I w- I will see this and and I I think um we're going to talk about quilting point later, but sometimes master signifier gets talked about as though it is quilting point. And it does have a quilting function like it does like but it's more like uh but but I think as we're going to say, like I think Quilting Point has a uh, is is a lot more concrete, and the point of the master signifier is that it is not. It is, it is like m- right, it, yeah, it's like an invisible. I don't know, like like a, like a, a an insubstantial umbrella, but it, it but nonetheless has all these like terms, ideas, concepts under it.
1: Right, and so it's interesting. So I think you're right that it gets. So Ernesto Laclau uses the term empty signifier by which mm. but he as a way to talk about master signifier, but then he does exactly what you said. He confuses mm. it with the point de capitan or quilting point, mm-hmm. which is interesting because that that point is it's actually taken over from the activity of quilting, right? It's the <laughs> yeah. it's the it's the button that holds all the quilt, all the mesh of the quilt in its proper place. So mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that and and the term for that in French is point de capiton, so it's it's a translation of the 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 function in the activity of quilting, which I think mm-hmm. is just fascinating. But so the whole, but the point is, I think your point your point is really important. That it's the the master signifier is I think the one way I like to think of it is it's the start of signification. Mm-hmm. It's the point of this, but it's but the quilting point is the is or the different quilting points or the different ending points of signification. So Mm -hmm. when you're, if if you think of the start of signification, it's not going to already have any signified attached to it, right? It's just Mm -hmm. the first thing. And we only know its significance when we get to the end point. So for instance, Mm -hmm. like I start a sentence off, I start saying, Ryan, did you, and then we don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be a question, but it could be any kind of question. It's open. So the significance of it the the you can think of the master signifier in that way. I think that there's no signified attached to it, and it's open. And mm-hmm. then it's only with the quilting point that the signification becomes clear. My favorite example of this, I I, I think we've d- talked about it before on the on the podcast, is the is the way in which Germany functioned for the Nazis. Like mm-hmm. Germany was their master signifier, but mm-hmm. they didn't mm-hmm. know what it meant to be a German because what it, well, it could mean anything until they got to. The figure of the Jew as the quilting point, right? Like that, Mm -hmm. when you see the Jew, you know what you are as a German. You're not that Jew.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and obviously, and it it is hard not to note the uh, the similarity to what uh, has happened uh, in the U.S. I mean, and I mean other countries recently with the right wing term. But like for for uh, well, you know, Trump had this thing. It's kind of interesting with uh, with uh, with Trump because he often did this thing where what was good for him was good for the country. Right? right? Like, like mm-hmm. that, like, and, and that's, um, so what do you think about that? Like, is that, is that, do you think that's quilting point or is that, uh, is that master signifier?
1: I think he's, isn't Trump an interesting Like, I think Trump actually, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that because I think <laughs> in general, I think Trump is a figure of superego, right? Like he, mm-hmm, he, mm-hmm. he, in general, in general, he's, commanding us to, or commanding his followers more specifically, but, but even the people that hate him to enjoy themselves, right? Like that Mm -hmm. seems to be his constant imperative. So I don't know where I would place him in terms of, I mean, I think he is more of a master signifier in the sense that he's like, that his stupidity is central (laughs) to his appeal. I I mean, this in a very strictly theoretical sense, like his, like the fact that he says things that are just absolutely contradictory so like his his very speech is just stupid mm-hmm. and and that is central to his appeal and and the master signifier is similarly a signifier of stupidity whereas the quilting point is a signifier of significance and meaning so i think oh, no, that's in excellent. that sense i think that's trump nice. is more on the side of the he's like this stupid master signifier and i think that's how he gets invoked by all these people on the right today, even in, in, after his after his term has ended.
0: Yeah, no, that's very very nice. That's so. Narratively speaking, what are we going to work with? We were talking about Hamlet earlier. Yeah, um, Hamlet's like, a good like, example. I do think Hamlet? actually. Yeah, because so, uh, Master Signifier and Hamlet
1: isn't it pretty? I think Hamlet's a pretty good example because it's the it is, and so for Lacan, he'll often say the pater, instead of the Master Signifier, i will say the paternal metaphor and in in the case of hamlet it literally is the paternal metaphor i think it's yeah. functioning as the the master signifier so it's the father's you know his fa- the father's imperative for him mm-hmm. to avenge his his murder and i think that 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 sense of the the imperative of the father—it's it's 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 Hamlet's almost too perfect for the way in which the master signifier drive <laughs> it both structures the symbolic universe and drives the narrative forward, right? Like that's the yeah. that's it gives the narrative its initial push is this command by the father.
0: That's very very nice. So, um, master signifier in the narrative has uh, like it if it sounds like it has. Um, a primary function just because the word "master" is in it, I think that is correct. I mean like yeah. this, this like initial, this initial push. Um, but what's important. And I think that this, uh, explains the concept a little bit. So there's a nice like overlap between like Good. what the concept does in psychoanalysis. And then like what it does in, in narrative is that because the master signifier as concept is insubstantial, it does not have explanatory power for the narrative. I don't think.
1: No, like, I, I think, think it's absolutely right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's a so key that... point, right? Yeah. Be- yeah. No, no, no. You go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say that it's a key point because it, it like the, it doesn't explain, it, it, expo- it, it kick starts the narrative, but then it mm-hmm. doesn't explain what develops in the narrative and what and why we're invested in the narrative i think that's the key thing like if we just if all we had was this father's imperative in hamlet we'd be like "Eh, okay (laughs) right like i uh, (laughs) i'm not that into it but then something else happens that makes us get into it right so and i think that's true of any in any case right like like in in the case of like what's functioning as this master signifier in say star wars right like it Mm. seems like it's the, the thing that kickstarts the universe is this message, right? Mm-hmm. That that mm-hmm. that we get from, I think it, Princess Leia puts it inside of R2-D2, right? Like that's the, so that's a, it's literally in that case a signifier, right? Like it's yeah. literally yeah, nice. a signifier that's just stupid. It doesn't, like, what does it even say? It's like, get help me, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan right? Kenobi. General right? Kenobi. Yes, General, you helped yeah.
0: my father during the Clone Wars. yeah, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm.
1: some, right, right. So it's, it's, but we don't know really what to make of it, right? And I think that, that that's it's true. Important.
0: When Luke sees it, I mean, this is a really nice point. When Luke sees it, he is actually transfixed by her beauty. It can because he lives on a a, a desert planet where it's, it seems like he doesn't actually. He maybe has not met a person who's outside of his family in like a very long time. And well, so he still he, hasn't. He still has it, and then it makes the. But, but you know then, what I'm saying because she's in it. Oh, that's, she, oh that's, that's pretty nice. That's right. That's right. And then it turns out she's his sister. So right. that's. I mean. So which is. Uh, so there's. So there, there's. That's the the nice um <laughs> the nice the uh, um the incest prohibition that's at the center of Star Wars that uh you know nobody wants to talk about right um but um but it's a it's a nice it's a nice example um on that side there is there is something this is so funny in, in what you um and what you're saying, I wanted to start with, I forgot to bring this up in the pre-show and I'm sorry that, that, um, but this is good. Master signifier is a place to start. Um, part of the reason why I, um, have been excited to do this episode. Um, and, and this is something that, um, uh, ask me and if, if you are a listener and you're interested in reading about this, um, ask me like a month from now for this essay that I'm working on. But, um, I think narrative in a, fundamental way is uh is psychoanalytic and will for this reason or rather um the the the, the two are, are are it's it's not an it's not an application of one to the other uh, uh where we're like applying like the the study of narrative is over here and then there's psychoanalysis right. over here and then we're right. just applying one to the other i think there's a primary and fundamental thing and it's in the word itself narrative the english word narrative um it comes from a latin word Naris, which is a verb that means to know, so um, a narrator is someone who knows, and the beginning of uh, Star Wars, this example, like the opening crawl, yep, it is a it is a time of it, it's uh, the line is either it is a time of civil war or it's a period of civil war. I, that's the first thing, and I was like, okay, I take that seriously. That's that crawl, that's that 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 that, that narrative, the narrator function. That's someone who knows, and if you've been listening to this podcast or you're, you know, very into psychoanalysis. If you heard subjects supposed to know while, when I was saying that, like, I think, I think that's, that's exactly right. Like when we talk mm-hmm. about, when we talk about narrative and we, or, you know, there's a, there's a narrator the nar- and the narrator is either, either something like a noir has a voiceover narrator, right? This is, a, th- that's right. very right. obvious. Or in a novel you have a first person narrator, like whatever, but there is, there is a, a position in any narrative that I think when we approach it that we imagine knows. Right. And that that I don't want to say gesture because that's not a gesture, but that um it's an initial step into into narrative that we give over and you have to do it. You, and and it's this it's the same thing in in analysis we've talked about this before, and this is something that Lacan tried to work out um the the like kind of the the problem of is that like y- when you go to analysis, you have to imagine the analyst has something to say to you about you right when when you take when you when you take when you take one of our classes, you have to imagine we have something to say and right. then later you realize we don't and it's but you have to imagine at the beginning. That we have some that we have something to say, or or the whole thing doesn't work. Right. Um, it's like you know, like going another example I like to use, like going going to a stand up comedy show, like local or someone, and you boo immediately. Like <laughs> like like it's just you you have to have that's like how maybe, people
1: respond to my classes. They just do yeah, immediately. <laughs> there you go.
0: Well, you got to give give him a second to, to, to explain right. to himself, and then you boo. No, but that's that's the, that's the whole thing is that like if, if you. Um, you cannot have, uh, I guess, adopt this like a position of total suspicion right. uh, from the end and, and right. uh, from, at the beginning or the just it doesn't work. The relationship right. it, doesn't it, work.
1: It's interesting because, Ryan, I think you're right. And I, it's such a great point. And I think so. It's the subject supposed to know who deploys the master signifier. Right. Ah, and I very think. nice. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think it? it, it yeah. it's why there's such a difference when you watch a film say, directed by George Lucas versus a film directed by, I don't know, David Lynch, Spike Lee, someone like that. You know, like, Mm -hmm. you really suppose these latter figures to know whereas lucas you're, after you've seen the prequels at least you're like well i don't know does he even yeah. know what he's doing so i think that yeah. i think that just your ability to even engage the narrative just like you're saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if you're if you don't suppose that director to know that yeah. author to know mm-hmm. and then that allows you to suppose some point within the narrative to contain knowledge right mm-hmm. and and usually in fact always it's a point not fully revealed to you yeah. Right. Like, if it was fully revealed to, I mean, this is a this is a point that classical narratologists make that knowledge has to be withheld in mm-hmm. the narrative. So, if that mm-hmm. subject supposed to know revealed all the knowledge to you right from the beginning, there'd be no narrative. Right? Well, it's, like and that, and it's and the important point is that it'd be meaningless. Right.
0: Like, right. like you don't you don't know why. Like, you know, uh, if if the opening crawl of Star Wars is like it explains that. Uh, You know, Darth Vader is Luke's father, and and, you know Princess Leia. Like he's going to meet her, but she's actually his sister. And it's like, okay, (laughs) I I, why do I don't know? I don't know these people, (laughs) like you know, as as these characters. Like you know, I don't I don't know them at all. Like like why like this doesn't have any. So you have to get you have to get wrapped up in the uh, the important word, right? You have to get wrapped up in the fiction right that that, right. that there there is a subject supposed to know
1: which and is inaugurated by i think the master signifier right so there's true. this int- i think you're right to bring it up now because there's this intimate relationship between subject supposed to know and the master signifier
0: yeah i think that's right i think and i think this is one of the um uh th- there's just what like a other, one of the um like wider political um, and like social and, and political things that I think affects the popular and academic, um, study and reception of narrative is this idea of like, um, getting to a place without bias, right. like something like, like, like to not be on bias. And then this gets, um, I, th- I think there's a bit of a slippage of like, well, how do you, how do I be objective about something? And the move that I, you'll you, you listener you listener, uh anyone uh like we'll see most often in popular criticism is like it's kinda the the critic is this this person who's not into the movie. Like they they don't like in and, and like this is the this is the way to this is the way for people who watch The Mandalorian, this is the way to to cr- to critique it. Is like to be like totally outside of it and not be sucked in by its charms or its or 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 its um, manipulations or 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 whatever. Like, um, like oh, I couldn't get into the movie because there was a sad thing and then the strings came in and it it overplayed the emotion of the moment, so I couldn't get into it. And as I like to say, you think you're talking about the film, but you're really talking about you,
1: right? Um, right.
0: And and the, the there. So I, I think like ideolo- ideologically, like there, um, this is a, there's a split uh, that we're, we're um, I think we want to talk about in this where it's how do these ideas work in the narrative and how do they work for the audience? And I think that this is one of these areas or, or where, where it breaks down a little bit where where um, the music is playing because it's very like, so th- the the music is is kind of for us but it's also like uh, it's non diegetic so it's not happening in the character's head but it's happening it's like it's it's like uh you know trying to communicate to us what they're feeling above and beyond right. what's what's in the the image right. so in that sense um like it 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 is it it is for the character as well um and it, and it is for for the scene and so uh any, anyway like the the just the 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 point that that I'm I'm trying to make with this is that like you know these 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 concepts these concept words were they they work um within the narrative at different uh for for different reasons than they do for um for spectators and right. that this these they often may, uh cause like points of uh, tension like flashpoints um in reception and uh and evaluation and I and I think that's um, anyway, something to, to 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 keep in mind moving forward. I, I think the that the idea that um, just as in an analysis, the idea that there is, I, I just think this is like su- such a fundamental part of the evaluation of things. Like y- you you believe that Game of Thrones has something to tell you, and then it ends badly, and you d- decided that it had nothing to say, you. <laughs> and it's like this <laughs> complete rejection. And I think like that like you know again you you think you're objectively critiquing something but you're actually what you're pushing back against is that that uh, initial movement that you had to make to get into it at all and like um not to not defend the 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 calamity of, of of how it ended but it's like i i think a lot of times um a lot of times just to phrase it this way i think people think they're rejecting uh, content but they're really rejecting form and when or you form. reject form i don't think that's a super critical um Move.
1: Yeah, well, that's a great. This is a great statement, Ryan. Because I think you're right that people think like I think because it's the that a narrative is the imposition of a master, a new master signifier on you Mm -hmm. as a spectator. Mm -hmm. I think, or as an audience member, I think people think resisting that Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. resisting mastery, and so Uh, it's fighting against ideology. But I think no, I think it's the opposite. Like I think Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. resisting that like refusing to be duped i mean it comes yes. back to that old the non duped air right like the yeah. like the, the the people who aren't duped air they go astray because they haven't submitted to the logic of the fiction and haven't mm-hmm. submitted to the subject supposed to know so i think that's i think that's absolutely crucial point about the structure of how you know the the, the resistance mm. has to first be submission, right? Like that's just, you know, which I think is, I think it's a hard, that's a hard thing to see that in terms of, obviously this isn't true out in the world, right? Like out in the world, you could just resist. But when it comes to aesthetic experiences, I think first you have to submit to see what the thing is doing Mm -hmm. and then you can resist after you've done that. So I think that that's, I think that that's absolutely crucial. And I think the resistance of the, the resisting first, I think, or like booing before the the <laughs> before sketch it, starts, which I yeah. love that idea. Um, like, that's a way of not, of, of keeping the unconscious at bay, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. that seems to me what you're doing. You're saying, I'm not going to let my unconscious be activated in any way yeah. I'm going to, so it's a perfect obsessive strategy, I think. So that's what I would say about that. But But then I think your point about the distinction between what's happening to the characters within the narrative. Mm -hmm. And then what's happening to the audience in the relationship to the narrative is so crucial. And I think those both of our two examples we played out so far do Mm -hmm. this differently because in Hamlet, I think it's one of these rare cases where what's functioning as a master signifier for Hamlet is also functioning as a master signifier for the spectator. Yes. Whereas in star Wars, I don't think that's the case. Like Mm. Luke has a whole universe with a with a master signifier in it like it, what is it Tatooine or whatever or his uncle's mm-hmm. farm like there's some kind of master signifier operative for him and then the message from Leia just is 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 for him mm. I think it's functioning for him almost as a as an objet a right something that kickstarts his desire out of to get out of his current Interesting. situation so Interesting. so Interesting. We, and it's not that for us I think for us it's clearly just a master signifier. So I think those two, like the examples show how they can come into alignment, spectator and character, but then they can mm-hmm. also be radically disparate in terms yeah. of the, our relationship to them. Right. So I, I think d- yeah. that's, yeah.
0: No, it's great. And I think that this is, I I think you see this the most in, in, uh, in, in evaluation of, you know, in, in, in popular criticism or even academic criticism of, of, of certain texts where the, like the response is like, I don't know why this character is so into either this other character or this idea. And it's like, it's, it's a, then you can see that split. Right. Very, very clearly where what functions as, uh, like where, what functions as object for a character and a narrative, um, doesn't, uh, translate to the, the audience or the audience is interested in something else that is not the, uh, announced point of what the text is doing.
1: Because um, who yeah. cares, right? Like, who, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. you know how many articles have been written on is Hamlet a hysteric or an obsessive? Like who cares? Hamlet's not a real person. <laughs> like who cares, right? Like it just mm. doesn't like Freud's analysis of Hamlet's delay famous, you know, just a footnote in interpretation of dreams that then gets made into a whole book by Ernest Jones. But mm. the, the, which is a really good book called Hamlet and Oedipus. But, um, but the you know his point is not about hamlet it's about our relationship mm-hmm. to why we find that his struggle engaging right so mm-hmm. i think it mm-hmm. it's interesting that i think you're right people get so bogged down in the in the psychic structure of the care and what the character is going through within the narrative they don't mm. see the whole point is how we're relating as audience to the narrative
0: yeah yeah absolutely and just to put a bow on the previous point uh you you have to say yes to a text, uh, even if it, later you're going to say no. If you say Absolutely. no from the beginning, you say no from the beginning. That's that's there's there's no there's not, not nothing there. I don't I don't think that's that's the e- easy, easiest uh, easiest gesture that the critical gesture you could the position you could take up. I think. Right. Um, but right. I want to. But this we've we've moved to to something that's really really important in in narrative, and I want to make sure this distinction is very very clear. Okay. Is in psychoanalysis. And in narrative, object of desire, not the same as Abjaya. I think everyone knows. So but I but these concepts play out in narrative. So if um if you wanna do I know you don't <laughs> I know you don't know um Star Wars as well as you know Hamlet, so pick 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 which one you wanna do uh Abjaya and 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 object uh, of desire. With. I'd rather do
1: Hamlet first, just because okay. it's easier for me. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. But, sure. but uh, yeah, so so Hamlet's interesting, right? So clearly the object of desire, we've gotten it for the master signifier, has laid it out what it's going to be. It's mm-hmm. avenge my cruel and most unusual murder, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I quoted that correctly, but anyway— um, uh
0: sorry. it's all right. He's he's dead. He's not going to come back. He's not going to be. Maybe get me. he will. Okay. I mean, you know, then you'll be living Hamlet anyway,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so so that's the clearly and for the spectator too, like Hamlet avenging the death of Hamlet senior is the and and killing Claudius is the object of desire. Like that's clearly what the narrative sets up for us as spectators. And mm-hmm. for Hamlet too. So this is the way in which they coincide. Again, this kind of overlap between uh, the character and the narrative and the spectator. And then, Mm -hmm. but I think what's interesting, and this is where we don't have an overlap, Mm -hmm. that for us as spectators, the objet, -ah, and I think this is borne out by the fact that this is the thing people obsess about when they talk (laughs) about the play, Mm -hmm. the objet -ah is Hamlet's own delay, right? Mm -hmm. Like his own inability. To act whatever it is that that inhibits his action, and obviously there's a million theories about that um but that's what that's what drives our that's what makes Hamlet a more interesting play than Titus Andronicus, which doesn't have a similar delay. It just it's just a standard revenge tragedy, right mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. I think that's the crucial thing, and that's what that's what keeps our engagement in it now for Ham like what Hamlet's obj is is, I think, a different and also interesting question. But but I think mm-hmm. the main thing, like I think it's probably his feelings for his mother. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what Freud would say, for sure. But I think for us, the, the delay itself is what makes the whole act of, like, so objet is what makes the object of desirable desirable, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the barrier that, we've used the term from Johann Gottlieb von Fichte of Anstoss, like it's both mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a barrier, an obstacle, and an impetus toward that object. So yeah. the delay is an obstacle, but it also is what makes that ultimate vengeance interesting for us. It makes it desirable.
0: Yeah. No, that's super nice. And the, um, the obsession about the delay um, is not just a, um, a modern or contemporary phenomenon, it was uh, at the time. Right. Um, I'm forgetting right. who wrote Revenger's Tragedy. Like it was just c- called Revenger's tragedy. Uh, uh I don't that
1: know w- that. No, 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 I just don't I know um Thomas Kidd's Spanish Tragedy. But no there is was, one yeah Revenger. Spanish,
0: yeah, Spanish Tragedy was would be before I think. But it's before Hamlet, right? Yeah, before Hamlet. Right. Revenger's Tragedy, I'm forgetting. It's either, it's either like Ford Webster or Middleton. I mean I or and if it's some if it's if it's another one then uh cuz those are kind of like the three other main guys um right. or someone I'm I'm missing. But anyway, um Oh, I've obviously, uh, I, this, he didn't write it, but, um, uh, Bacon would have been the other, the other big, uh, play Elizabethan or uh, Jacobean uh, playwright. But anyway, um, that was that, that transfixed like from, from the Elizabethan era to now, like that, that, like that, that gets people. And it's, um, this is where I would like to talk a little bit about Peter Brooks and his, uh, I think as a, 84 85 some mid 80s it's had a it's, long
1: uh, afterlife though hasn't it like people it, still talk about this book
0: people so the book is reading for the plot and fun little uh personal story i um i didn't think i was super i i, I wrote and i'm not gonna say where i submitted this essay but i submitted <laughs> i submitted an essay where i i what i'm gonna do in a i don't know like 90 seconds uh where i critiqued um what uh, I've just forgotten his name now. Brooks Peter says, Brooks, yeah, yeah." Pro- Peter Brooks says, uh, what, what he says about desire in the text. And I thought I was light about it. And my God, the, per- the person who the anonymous reviewer was like, I assassinated Peter Brooks and, and, uh, maybe it was him. Is he alive? Maybe it was Brooks. I think maybe it alive. was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he is. Yeah. He, d- he, yeah. before the pandemic, he had a lecture here yeah. at Pomona, um, actually, uh, my, my first semester here, but, um, on on something new that, that he's doing, but yes, this book has had a long uh, shelf life in, um, in in academia. And because it, don't you
1: think it's because Ryan? It's really the only attempt to bring psychoanalysis and narrative together.
0: Yeah, in a yeah, I think on. I mean, we can
1: argue about if it does it successfully, but I, I sure. think it's one of the. But only on its ones own
0: terms, you're no, you're right because the most amount. I mean, like maybe this I, this should have been said at the beginning, but the most amount of engagement with. Uh, psychoanalysis and narrative. I, I think it comes in queer theory. I mean, just like right, Judith Roof right. and, and, and um, your colleague, uh, Val... Valerie I, I, Roy. Yeah, Valerie Roy. And, and then I was going to say, like I've always pronounced her name Roy, and then I didn't know if I was ever saying it correctly. Roy is um, right. yeah. yeah, okay. Um, it's the
1: people that always say Rohi, and then she just never corrects them because she's... That's what she, made me... That's what made me. Yeah, think she just doesn't wrong. she just is, she thinks it's meaningless so which I I totally applaud I I, good for, I yeah, good, yeah good for her
0: Yeah, yeah. uh Lost Causes yeah. is a great uh great book, her most recent book uh excellent book uh, uh queer theory and, and 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 narrative um with obviously psychoanalytically inflected of course lee edelman um uh, in no future i I, he was her
1: teacher too that's yes
0: yeah that's right yeah so we got this 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 whole lineage. so that the most amount of work has um has occurred there but uh, but the um i don't think it's um it's it's not like the that's been to advance that's been to advance queer theory so i don't think it's, it's not it's like like um I think uh, psychoanalysis uh, appears as a complementary thing, yeah. but it's it, it's advancing something else. So I think that you're right that Brooks is like it's narrative and it's psychoanalysis, and it's like he's pursuing a singularity, and yeah. that I don't think other people have done. Right, I, uh, right, right.
1: But you're yeah. right. I mean, you're right to say that. that like, certainly, the queer queer theorists and their they're thinking about narrative, but but yeah, the reason I didn't think of them is because you're as you're pointing out, that they're they're mostly concerned with making a point about queer theory rather than marrying psychoanalysis and narrative together.
0: Yeah, completely. Which is what which is what, what Brooks does. And then here this was my critique that um I still remember the line the, the what is it like? Oh, no, I don't remember it. I'm repressing it deliberately, I think, because I'm in this moment where I'm going to say it and it's going to be unrecorded. But it was something like, like the point of older criticism is not to like, I, I think this person was like not point and laugh at it and say how wrong it is or whatever, but to see what it like still does in the present. And I, I just thought like, yeah, I don't think I did that. And I don't I don't know I don't know, I don't know why that that I that I got the biggest the the, the fanboy for for Peter Brooks who if right. Peter Brooks is listening like he's got some ardent defenders out there maybe he doesn't well, know that. It's good but for him. Yeah. good for him to yeah. know. yeah, no, it's so, a great
1: book. I mean look, in terms of what it's doing, it's a great book, I think.
0: yeah, and so this his main point or no this is fair. his main point is the um the, he he wants to explore what what's the desire in a text why right. why do we desire a text that because we do? that's like he starts from that standpoint which what seems we, reasonable seems a reasonable place to start and his yeah. and his point is to, he says I, this is a paraphrase but it's, it's close to what what he writes i don't know uh somewhere in the the middle of the book that the desire for the text is the desire for the end but end achieved through at least a minimal kind of <laughs> complication right. okay right now what I said in this Maybe thing. Maybe that's
1: more important than he's laying on, right? <laughs>
0: yes, that's well. It was just exactly what I said. I said that like the thing that he says that he calls the minimal complication that's desire, right? And right. and but the 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 desire for the end is not desire. But he so he and part of the reason is that like he links. Cause he does a lot with like the, um, the Thanatos and Eros. Right. And he k- kind of, re- I I think in that text reads um, death drive as drive toward death. Toward death, As in right. toward end. And yeah. that he then also, and then he also makes that desire. And that I just don't think is, um, I don't think that, I don't think that 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 flies as a reading anymore. I don't think it really understands Trebe uh, meaningfully
1: um, either. So, Um, But right. I mean, that that's that's deeply problematic. (laughs) Yeah. But but but, you know, I mean, look, you could say that in beyond the pleasure principle in 1920, Freud does say that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like he does say that, I guess. But Mm -hmm. but that would totally like the the, that would that would you have to get excerpt all Mm -hmm. what he says about repetition compulsion as he's leading up to death drive. Right. Right. So, yes, Mm -hmm. I just think that's. I, you're right. It just doesn't. It can't fly.
0: No, no. I mean, it makes it makes sense as Brooks's theory, but it's not. It, but he's it's positioned as what psychoanalysis has to say right. about narrative, which is not. Right. I, I don't think that that's that's a correct reading because what. But the thing that he identifies as the like the minimal complication toward the end, uh, that's that is the as, as you just said that the onstas of a text, the like the the obstacle that's also the impetus, the right. thing that that where our desire gets wrapped up in a text and it's great when i mean i think this is why like um you know detective uh fiction is can be so absorbing is because the detective and you are wrapped up in the same thing right and you know and 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 that's uh which is why you know, like, um, this is like to bring a narrative concept into this, you know, Ian e. Forrester, I think everybody rather they the probably i don't think any no, I don't think people have read Forrester on flat and round characters, but everyone knows flat and
1: round characters oh, right, it's, one, right, right. it's one of those things and, it's from the book aspects of the novel, exactly, yes, yeah, which and you know, but I'm just
0: saying. no, 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 yeah, for other people, yeah, um the and it's great, and the The thing that doesn't, I don't think it gets talked about so much, but this is like super important is that I I think sometimes flat and round gets um, collapsed to complicated and uninteresting, um, which is not the, it's not the case. It's about motivations. A round character has multiple motivations or, or, or things that drive them, so to speak. And a flat character has one. And and it doesn't mean like interesting and non-interesting or main character and side character, which I also think it sometimes gets collapsed too, but he makes this really great point that Sherlock Holmes is a flat character is just has one motivation. Right. And that doesn't, and that, and it's the almost it's, it's the pathology of that one motivation that makes him an interesting character in, in, and I think that um, in BBC Sherlock, I think does this really well is that like, he is like, uh, like you know, pathologically motivated to uncover like the truth of the, and it's like, and and that's how, and and which is of course how I think uh, Doyle wrote him, yeah. Um, and he it to the point where you know he be he's drug addicted and a terrible person to be around, and no one wants to be his friend, and like you know he just is uh like awful for the world around him because he is just this insistence on the one thing at the expense of all others. Is uh, like that's what makes that's what makes uh, the the BBC Sherlock interesting, and that's what makes Sherlock Holmes interesting as a character. And then you know you get other portrayals where he's he's actually the figure of the objective outsider who doesn't get involved in that like that we were talking about earlier, and right. then that's why he's able to solve things. But no, it's the it's because he's so far in it that he's able to see right. uh, what what other people can't, and because he's a you know anyway because he's a flat character. But that's back to the point of um uh of, of of Abjaya is is that um okay so would you say Todd yep. that um for Holmes in uh like for Holmes uh, the like because you know John Kopchak makes his point is that like the the home stories they're they're not over when the crime is solved. They're right. over when he can reconstruct how it happened. Right. Um so that reconstruction is the is the object uh, and the object of desire is solving the case
1: oh that's interesting i yeah yeah i think that's right i think that's right i mean i was going to say that in in most uh detective fiction i think it's actually pretty easy right like the the object ah uh, i mean sorry the object of desire is the solution right mm-hmm. and then and and object eyes is the, is the complicate like the the yeah. difficulty of solving it right so yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. i think i think in in a certain way detective fiction makes it easiest and detective films make it easiest to understand the distinction because mm-hmm. it's so clear that what's driving our desire in those works is the is the is the complication the very i i said to you earlier it's what mucks up the works right yeah, like it's yeah, what yeah. it's what gets in the way of 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 us just going right to the solution so and you I never think, want it to be too easy that's the right, most important right, thing right yeah. right and in fact there's there, there i mean there's a sense in which every solution is a letdown right like there, that yeah yeah you know but but there's a it's a hard line to draw to 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 walk because you can't I think there's something about the narrative structure that you can't have it just keep going on ad infinitum. Is this the
0: genius of the end, even though this is a it's a heist movie, but it's also, I think in some ways, a detective film of the unconscious. But is this not the genius of the end of Inception, Todd McGowan? Because he's been investigating, he's been investigating what's actual, I don't want to use the word real, what's actual and what's dream the whole film. And if you, if it ends one way or the other, you and I are not talking about it right now in 2021. Like no one's still talking about it.
1: That's right. if, right.
0: if If the top falls, you have your answer. No one's talking about it, but it doesn't. We don't know. It teeters, it totters, and we're not sure.
1: Yeah, except that, do you know that according to what he says himself, that top should tell us nothing?
0: Of course, because it's not his totem.
1: It's not his right. totem, right? Right. Right. So, so there's a way in which, but I, th- I take your point. Yeah. But I think there's a way in which Nolan is is directing us in this other. He's like misdirecting our look, yeah. right? At the end. So, yeah. But do you know Michael
0: th- Caine? Do you know Michael Caine is just like he, he he's just so. Someone asked him what he thought about the movie, and he's just got no time for for the idea that it's complicated because he said, "I'm not in the dream." So it's real really yeah, that was his That's his take like yeah
1: interesting <laughs> I just think it doesn't in matter in the list. slightest that's no. in my view but um, yeah yeah, because like I mean really like what would it matter if You know, this, this, I think they, I think Donald Sutherland's character at Animal House plays out this idea. Like, what if we're just inside (laughs) somebody else's, I think they're on acid or something. Uh, Yeah, right. What if we're just inside some other creature's, you know, uh, fantasy world? Who cares? Like, how does that change anything, right? Like, it doesn't, like, I think if you extend the notion of a fantasy too broadly, then it ceases Mm -hmm. to mean anything. Mm -hmm. But anyway, back.
0: Yeah, sorry. No, before we go back cuz this is the minimal detour of the text, the text being our conversation. Uh have you ever seen that movie on TV because I reason why I'm asking is that they um did they they digitally add pants on him when he reaches for that bowl and he's pan- he's pantless? Have you ever seen
1: that? I've never I, seen that. No. It's so
0: no. funny. I think it's so funny. It's like um in Splash they like animate um they animate her hair longer to cover. Her oh, All right, and I know they do that. Yeah, right. yeah, Daryl right. Hannah. Yeah, it's anyway. I think it's so it's.
1: I I took my I took my son Dashel to that when he was I don't know eight or nine years old, to mm-hmm. Animal House. They had a, it was playing at the theater, mm-hmm. and he just sat there stoic all the whole time. Like <laughs> I was even telling him when to laugh. Like you know I was laughing very loudly, saying, "Okay, this is the right time." He just had he had no patience for Animal House. He thought it was just. Not a <laughs> chuckle. Not even when Belushi, you know, when he falls down, falls down, or even when he like, what am I now? Is it like none of no nothing? He, nothing? nothing.
0: Oh well, maybe, maybe it's because he was uh, pre-med. I was pre-law. Anyway, let's continue on this. <laughs> um, so, uh, for is there a point? Because I thought we had this before um, when we were talking. That is there a point where the um, object on the object desire in Hamlet diverges for spectator and for Hamlet?
1: Right. We, so we're, we're, right, yeah. right. 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 That's why I, I I make that point that I think that for for us it's his delay, but obviously his delay can't be the objet for himself because he's no. he's no. enacting it. He's delaying because of an encounter with the objet which I think is his feeling. It's his mother, right? It's mm-hmm, his, mm-hmm. this is Freud's reading for his mother. So I think that's a nice one where the they have to they almost have to diverge, but but it's interesting because I think you're. To bring up the detective thing, I think detective is one of the only places where they almost can't diverge. Yeah. Right? They almost can't. They almost, because of the structure of, like, the crime is organizing everything. Mm -hmm. I think that that, I think it's almost always we're in, like, objet for us is objet for the detective. And then Mm -hmm. object of desire for us is object of desire for the detective.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Ooh, I, I you know what I brought up Memento, but I, I no, I brought up Inception, but Memento would have been, I think, a better.
1: It's better, exa- right? It's right. a better
0: example because that, that maybe that, that's an example where they do diverge, and I think that's why. Um, I don't think like what what the film explains at the end is that he made the mystery for himself, himself. right? And because he has no, he has nothing else to live for other than, other than that. And that, and I don't know that, um, that last bit, I don't think is, uh, sticks around in the after image of the movie for folks. Um, you don't think so? No, I, I'm basing this off a conversation I had with someone, a a stranger who like had a, was telling me about a class that they took where the memento really, uh, stuck out to them. And I brought that up about like, yeah, because you know, It's the, I think I'm, I'm stealing this from you that like the, um, that film doesn't most films move from you in a position of ignorance, especially detective films, you're in a position of ignorance and you move to a position of knowledge, but that film that does do that, but that's not the important thing. What you actually learn is the character's desire. And I think it's so, I think it's so different and that, um, it, it like, it seems like the reveal was just that he tricked himself, not why he does it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: I do. But yeah. that you're you're kind of missing the whole thing. I yeah, mean, I yeah, I know. I That's I, really agree. that's amazing. Because yeah. you're right, like his like this lie to himself to give himself some, I mean, I wonder if could you say Memento actually brings together the master signifier and the Abjaya? Like like it's almost like he announces the mm. object into existence for mm. the spectator at that point. Right. That's pretty nice. Yeah. I, like I don't know. That. I don't know about that, but I, I think you're right. Like it's also one of the ones that doesn't like you never get. It's one of the only films I think where you never get an answer to the question that you started with. Instead, mm. Nolan switches <laughs> the question on you at the end. Yeah. Cause you're That's like, pretty... okay, what, what, who really killed his wife? You just, there's no way to know. Well, right? she like, didn't, the,
0: she didn't die though, that was the thing.
1: Well, I don't. I think you're right. I think we kind of know that, but we're not totally sure that we. Doesn't
0: know Doesn't Teddy say that she didn't die? She left you. I swear, Teddy tells him that.
1: No, he. No, he killed. I think the. I think what we're supposed to think is he is Sammy Jenkins who killed her. Like oh, she couldn't I see what you're take saying. that. I see what, he. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get but, it. I get it. Right, but mm-hmm. she so, didn't
0: die in the attack. That's what he's. You're right. Didn't you're die in right. the attack. Thank you. Right, but sorry. But
1: my you. point was just that. Yeah that we're we think we're going to know this certain thing mm-hmm. and that, that or that's where the narrative is driving to but then the narrative mm-hmm. totally we don't ever get back to the original event which i think is kind of what you think you're going to get to when you're watching the film yeah no, 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 that, no. so that's the yeah. point at which i think it's changing it up for us it's changing up what this obstacle is that we encounter
0: this is pretty good. I want to stick with this example, to, okay. and I want to move to quilting point because okay. to go back to to Brooks, which is kind of how we got here, um, is um, for Brooks. He what he says is our our desire for the text is the de- desire for the end, and he says that's death drive. Which I, I think in this conversation we want to say that that's actually saying the desire is for quilting point, point. Right. and quilting point. Um, uh Quilting point i think of the of lacanian terms terms that that just are kind of unique to him and don't occur previously in, in freud um i think that's the one that is the easiest to bring into to to narrative right uh, and i
1: think people do it right with this notion of retroactivity
0: yeah i think that's true i um there's a guy who is a he's a a german uh, scholar of um uh serial fiction television uh, his name is frank kelleter and he he used uh, it's not psychoanalytic but he uses the word rec- uh the recursiveness
1: of the oh, serial okay.
0: and i think it's like it's like it's pretty it's pretty similar but it doesn't have the the psychoanalytic um uh, uh I- idea ta- attached to it but it's a bit but it's a big idea to, to especially in the in studies of, of seriality to this this notion of of looking of looking back a position mm-hmm. of retroactivity in looking awry um zizek um writes about the story of the end of Casablanca, which right. is, it's a great this, example. Yeah. yeah. Which is like this myth that, and this, this isn't true, but, but the, the people tell the story that like, you know, they didn't have the ending for the film, uh, until like before they shot it, that, that, that like it was all up in the air was Humphrey Bogart gonna, you know, uh, was he going to leave, uh, um, with, uh, go, go off at, at the end of the movie with, um, Oh my God! How am I forgetting her name?
1: Uh, uh, Ingrid Bergman. Ingrid Ilsa. Bergman's
0: character, Ilsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ilsa. Or, or was he going to kill um, the uh, Louis? <laughs> Louis. Claude Rains. Yeah, uh, Claude Rains. Yeah. Or was he going to kill? Um, uh, oh my God! I forgot every every character. Uh, Paul name. Heinrich. <laughs> Paul, and Reed, Paul and Reed's character. Was he going to kill him? Right? Or 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 whatever. Like that, that. All these things. And then obviously, what happens is he tells us to go on the, the plane. You'll regret it if not now then you know soon for the rest of your life right you got to get on the plane and then he walks off with claude rains and i think maybe part of the reason why there's the myth is that the um louis this is the beginning of a a, great friendship yeah wonderful friendship that is a an an overdub like and i think and that was come up with they did come up with that later so i think that could be part of the reason why there's this myth but i mean really it was uh Leslie Epstein, uh, grandfather of Theo Epstein, uh, the former general manager of the Cubs and the Boston Red Sox, um, they he and uh, some other writers like they, they had the, the the ending was written out long before. And but what happens his his uh, point in um, in looking awry is that it. The ending feels like, 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 uh, like, like, oh, organically, like it led there. And there's all this stuff where like, you don't know what, uh, what um, Humphrey Bogart's character is going to do. Like he gets this gun, like it seems like, you know, he's like, he could do one, one or two or or three different things. Like it's very, very like, and that's. I mean, it's just good screenwriting, uh, you know, and, and great, like, you know, editing by uh, Michael Curtis and, and everything, like, right. so that you you think all options are possible. Right. And then there's the one, and Zizek's point is, like, oh, once we get the ending, we think, of course, that's the only way it could have ended. But his point is that, like, it could have been any of the other endings, and we would have felt exactly the same way. Right. Because the power of the quilting point is that when you get the ending, it retroactively quilts all that came before it, it snaps into relation, all these like different, like dangling things into like one totality of signification. And that's sort of the, that's the magic, the narrative magic of the quilting point. And I think that's what Brooks discovers or like not discovers, but he, that's what he attributes to death drive, which is not a, is not an appropriate reading. Right, uh, because right. that drive is just that, which would upset any, uh, chance at a meaningful totality in a narrative, um, and quilting point arrests
1: that sliding. Right, right. It does. Right, right. I, you know, it's interesting cause I, I think that way that you described it and the way that Slavoj describes it, I wonder, it does make it seem like there can't be a bad ending. Right? Well, because so that, ba- yeah, yeah, no, okay. i this is
0: funny that you said this. <laughs> so okay, what does a bad ending do? I, yeah. Let's um, talk
1: about bad. Have you seen Battlestar Galactica? Of course. Okay. Yeah. So that's a bad ending. It's a bad we, ending. We yeah. agree. It's,
0: yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's not good. Um, this is what, this is my take on it okay. is, um, because I've written this, I just, I don't, I can't remember if it's, <laughs> I can't remember if it's in one of the four things I've published or not, or something that's, that's upcoming. I'm not sure. But the, um, I think the bad ending just reveals what was already, what was already there. It's it, it, like, that's, that's what happens. Is that like, if particularly with Battlestar Galactica is like, um, when you, I say, I say this in classes all the time. When you make a television series, I don't know if I said this in the podcast before, when you make a television series, the whole thing that you're, you're doing, you're selling to the audience to, I don't know, to add people is like, Hey, this could go almost anywhere. And the a lot of the best series have these middles that are incredible where, like, you just get so wrapped up in all these different plot lines and you do think, like, oh, my God, like, I mean, what's going to happen with this person? Like, could this character die? Are they going to go here? What about that? And then the reality hits for the writers – uh, and for the, I mean, for the text itself, where it's like, I, where basically the text ends up saying without saying like, Hey, I know that we told you that like anything could happen, but actually it's like these three things could happen. That's it.
1: But it matters and what
0: you choose. It does matter what you choose. And, and like, I I agree with that, but, but like what they chose was the, I mean, with that show specifically, and I don't know if people listening have seen it or not, is they chose to go with the kind of, I think possibly the easiest uh of the options which was this kind of like quasi religious um like uh it's kind of an all lives matter ending actually kind of right right I yeah. see why you'd say that um, yeah yeah
1: uh okay but let me give let me let's take that example so so I think the bad ending so
0: this, this is just in a sentence I think okay. the bad ending tells you about the construction up to that I, point, I, which, I is see exa- that. which is exactly which is exactly what the Casablanca example does too. Does, it's right. and and the good and bad is I think an evaluation that is after the after the fact. But so I so I'm so looking at it structurally, it does the exact same thing. I think. Yeah.
1: Okay. But okay, here I'm gonna I'm gonna I I, I Go ahead, see yeah. why you're saying that, but I don't yeah. agree because I okay. think I think like okay, so if Battlestar Galactica ended after I don't forget the number, but maybe the sixth season where they come to this place that. They say they think is Earth and it's really just this burned out oh, yeah. dead planet. Sure. Incredible ending. And then of they course. just realize we gotta just roam the stars. There's no Earth is just a fantasy of ours. So that and <laughs> then mm-hmm. and then my favorite example, if Mad Men had ended Mad at Men. the end of season six, where he takes the kids to the bordello and goes, This is me, mm-hmm. then I I love Mad Men. I think it's great. I I don't even mind the ending, really. But I think that would have just quilted it, and the whole thing would have meant something different. Now, here's my biggest example. Steven Spielberg. Endings are horrible, right? They're all, they're so, like you can have these films that, like Schindler's List, during the film, it's got some great things going on, like Gert is, like there's some, He's a he's an interesting character there's some, but then the ending it's just it's abysmal right like the I love Stanley Kubrick's line about Schindler's list he says yeah. Kubrick says you can't make a good film about the Holocaust his partner says to him well what about Schindler's list and Kubrick's like the Holocaust is about 6 million Jews who died Schindler's list is about a 1000 who live and and so yeah. but it could have been something different right like mm-hmm. if it had stopped a little earlier so my example is Spielberg's first two films Dual and Sugarland Express are amazing and the ending it ends exactly at the right time. Mm-hmm. Crushingly both times. So couldn't he have just like so he has it in him it's not that he has to have this kind of you know I don't know what you would call it like redemptive ending mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like like so I think I guess I want to say like maybe that quilt means a lot like maybe it it like really really determines what's going on mm. politically in the work like I I, I maybe I want quilting I point saying. to mean more than you you want it to mean I don't know what do you think about that
0: No 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 that's interesting Well for most of what you were saying I didn't think that I didn't think that disagreed with what I was saying but at the end I <laughs> at the quilting point I get it. Um, that, well, that
1: was a great example of the way quilting point functions yes. in a, just in a, in, a, in a statement, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I see, I, I see the point. I think, um, I, I guess I would say for me, I think that what I want to put as important about the concept for narrative is what it tells you about, um, the structure and, I just think, and even in what you said, like where you place it, like it de- it, it it still reveals the the structure of uh, uh, and and it tells you what's important. Like you know, so there's you don't this...
1: think it's different. Mm-hmm. Like if Mad Men had ended at the end of season six at the bordello, mm-hmm. you don't think it it's different than if it goes on to?
0: No, no, no. I do, but I just think when it keeps going, it just it tell like I, I think it just it changes the the relation between all the parts. That's, oh, that's, oh, I agree the, with that. I yeah, agree with that's, that, that's then, what I'm, that. That's what I'm saying.
1: But that makes me want to say, like, God, where you – how you quilt the thing means a lot.
0: Yes, agreed. So this is the – I don't know if you know. There's this um, – I'm not sure if you've seen this. But there were these guys – I know you've seen Toy Story 3. Um, yeah. And you know the moment when, like, they all think they're going to die in the trash yeah. compactor? Yeah. Like, they all think they're going to die. Yeah. It's it, 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 genuinely. And they hold hands and they wait for the end. And then they get – rescued by it's not a deus ex machina because it's like you see the alien guys go off before so like it's it doesn't come out of nowhere it's not like santa claus versus satan uh this awful movie that there's a mystery science the great mystery science theater of where um uh santa gets cornered by Satan's minions and he can't use any of his tricks to disappear. And then he shouts Merlin Merlin and then he disappears. And like, and you know, I don't even think you see Merlin. It's just like, whatever. It's just a a way that he got out of the situation. So, okay. Um, there were these guys who tricked, they, they edited a copy of toy story three to end it right there for their mother. And they made, there's a video of them watching it with their mom and that's where it ends. And so like they all hold hands and then it c- kind of fades to the credits and you hear the Randy Newman, you've got a friend in me come, come in and that's the end of the movie. And for a day, she thought that's how the movie ended. And then they told her it was like a prank and whatever. And it's um, did, anyway,
1: did, Well, she got to see a better movie.
0: <laughs> I think. Yeah. So, okay. um, My, and this is something that we, that you and I talked about. Uh, b- before the the shows, so, and I'm 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 happy that we got here with with quilting point. I think, the tr- so I'm telling what what I, what I think I I I want to say is that like wherever it is, it tells you like that it has a determining right function
1: right, uh, right. Uh, right. utterly,
0: um and I which I don't think that's a um a controversial statement or whatever. But uh, what I the secondarily the I, I I do agree with you where you put it. Is um is crucial. Now here's the question, and I don't think I have an answer to this. Uh, how do you know where to put it? How do you know when to put the quilting point? And what? I think go ahead. It's what? only it's only because you we have the seventh season of Mad Men that you know it should have been the season before. I think it's only because Battlestar Galactica ends the way that it did that you're like, no, that should have been the end of season three.
1: No, disagree. Um, Disagree because I, I was disagree. I was watching those series live. I mean, not, I wasn't there when they were filming it. No, but I you mean. know, as it got released, and I was like, "Oh my god, what a! Great, it should end there."
0: Yeah, so, no, I, I think it could end there. I think the the sh- I don't know. I I, I just I, for
1: I think you f- know yeah. as a spectator where it should yeah. be, and when okay. it, and, and okay. when they and when the film goes too far, you kind of feel it you feel like okay, so, ah, they're kind of skidding off the runway.
0: So this is the split so this is that split then. Yeah. between
1: between the yeah. the the,
0: the uh, between the desire of the text and the desire of the audience.
1: Yes. Yes, the desire within the text and the desire yeah. of the audience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, now how I think what I think actually to answer your question it's a great question like where do you place the quilting point narratively? I think it's mm-hmm. about understanding the relationship between these three figures that we've talked about. That is mm-hmm. object, object of desire, quilting point, right? Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when you have to end it right when a certain relationship to the, maybe at the point where the object, becomes, would be revealed. Right. Yeah. Then, okay. okay. Then you, like, isn't that what is happening at the end of that season of Mad Men where, yeah, Don takes his children and, and all of a sudden he's showing them like the thing that's driven him, yes, as an ad whatever and and has t- made him a horrible father and a horrible spouse, and all that yes, um but he it's all of a sudden he recognizes that I am that thing, and then we as spectators are like, oh, so everything about this character that I was interested in has been driven by this this thing, and I Ta- think that yeah. Yes,
0: I it's, it's, I think ending as memento does. I guess I, I would say this: if you are ending on object, you're doing it right. But if you're ending on object uh, cause desire, desire, then you're doing it wrong because that's the exact same thing with ba- Battlestar Galactica, and it's the exact same thing with Mad Men because it right. literally it ends with the Coke ad, Coca Cola as the you know the, as right, the, as right, the guy right. says the right. Can,
1: right. And can I just say, isn't this? the absolute genius of Hitchcock, right? That, mm. what does Hitchcock do? He gives us the object of desire and then mm. immediately generates another a as we're getting, yeah. so that the object of desire itself turns into the a, and then we're like, well, wait a minute, that wasn't all so satisfying. That's mm. not what I wanted to have happen. It, it is what I wanted to have happen, but that's not how I want it to happen. Yeah. So I'm thinking yeah. of the ending, the incredible ending. I think it's the best Hitchcock film and the best ending is the ending of Notorious. So what's happening mm. is, I'm going to give it away. So if you want to see Notorious, hit pause or hit delete or whatever you want to do. But so <laughs> it's a great movie. Um. So so, uh, Cary, Grant, uh, he's, he, he, Cary Grant is uh, a CIA agent, uh, who's got Ingrid Bergman to, She her father was a Nazi, and so she's gotten involved with Claude Rains, who's also a, who's a Nazi, and she's she's been spying on him and became his wife, actually. And he, he's found out, Claude Rains found out, he's been poisoning her. And so mm-hmm. Cary Grant comes to the house to rescue her at the very end of the film, and he walks out with her, and Claude Rains has to let him leave mm-hmm. and, because he's working with these other Nazis who are also there. And if he reveals he's been poisoning his wife and that he knows she's a spy, then they will kill him for marrying Mm -hmm. a spy. So Mm -hmm. it's this incredible like triple dynamic, right? And so Cary Grant walks out and then Claude Rains runs to the car and goes, let me in, they'll kill me. And then Cary Grant (laughs) pushes the the lock down on the car and Claude Rains is left there with his mother to be killed by these other Nazis. And so (laughs) what happens is at the moment we get our desire we get Ingrid Bergman rescued Claude Rains punished all of a sudden there's a new objet there's a the all of a sudden we're worried about the fate of Claude Rains and mm-hmm. and, and in a way that we we weren't before so this and all of a yeah. sudden the villain shifts from mm. from Claude Rains and his mother to these other Nazis. So I just think isn't it, it's like that to me. That's the greatness of Hitchcock. That within the Hollywood form of you have to make the object of desire and the quilting point coincide. He mm. introduces objet into that exact point.
0: Yeah, I think that's it's a it's a phenomenal point, and he does it. And and that so in your example, and I think I think. Uh, what what Zizek does and as we've been talking about like we we put quilting point strictly at the as the ending but uh, that's not a um necessary uh, no condition. no 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 um the the, uh, the villain or 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 I think the position I think it's better put it this way the position of villainy often acts as a quilting point uh I mean this is Hitchcock's you know a great um, insight about like the 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 film is that like the you know the villain the villain's far far more important. The villain makes a, the
1: picture, right?
0: Makes the picture right. far more important. And what happens th- at that ending in Notorious is, is I mean, this, you just said this is that like Claude Rains, undoubted villain, entire Undoubting. time, right? And then it's also undoubtedly uh, Cary Grant does something villainous at the end. That's right. And that's so right. th- this, and you know, you, 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 have to think about the, you have to think about, and then it makes the, you know, yes, Cary Grant was the hero. He did, he rescued Ingrid Bergman. Like that's, that was a, a heroic thing to do. Everything he was working toward in that. Also the thing he did was villainous. And that, um, it just moves the, this like, kind of like what your emotional position. Yeah. Toward the, t- 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 toward yeah. the, toward the film and toward the narrative as such. Um, and yeah, it, by by giving you this this new sort of like object, ah, like and then the, as the movie ends, you're not worried about about the the hero and the the heroine anymore. You're worried about who was the villain and the villain's mother, right? And right. and that like what a, what a, an incredible shift that is. So it's not so it's so I would even say to to Hitchcock that actually what you what you thought was villainy makes the picture. It's it's not 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 like the villain as concrete singular right, figure. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. And that, I think that's another way of understanding, uh, uh, quilting point. If you, and if you talk about quilting point and villainy, if the quilting point of villainy is always cartoonish villainy, like it's just clear, like clear wrongness, uh, then I don't think you're doing it right. If it's, you, you have to be, uh, you have to be at least, uh, like minimally like understanding a little bit and kind of like. Like isn't isn't the impulse at the end of Notorious to be a little yeah but about what um, Cary Grant did, and it's like you are now justifying villainy, right? Is right. you know, and right. and it should do that. That's how that's how you get you know you get your your unconscious gets wrapped up right in the image right. and and, right. and, and I think, in, in the narrative yeah
1: right, which is what's wrong with the superhero movie right like the villain G- Yeah, generally you don't in general right. You shouldn't mm. say all of them, but but in general the villain, like you you can't invest yourself in the villain's position. And then that 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 means your investment in the film is 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 skewed, I think. Like it, it you don't have the proper relationship to the quilting point, to the abjaya ah, like I think all that gets skewed when you can't have an investment in the villain mm-hmm. for this precisely to function as this as this quilting point that that anchors you within the film.
0: Which is why I think, as I said to you before this show, you should you should watch Wandavision because Wanda, Wanda's wand the villain, and uh, and I think it does a really really nice job of making you very like very sympathetic. She's a hero. Her name's in the title. What she does is villainous in the show, and you can tell that people can't handle it because they try to reject it. Like Marvel doesn't know what they're doing or, or whatever. And maybe they don't. We'll see what happens next with, right, with but, the next time she appears. But like it, it, it's, it's um she's, she's, she's villainous. Like, yeah. Sorry. I was oh, going to say, it,
1: it's a great strategy. I mean, how many films really do that or, or television shows? Not, like they don't. Yeah. We mentioned yeah. Memento cause it, it, it turns the hero into the villain too. But it's they're very rare i think.
0: Mm, yeah, there's a there's a character there's a character who is positioned in WandaVision as the villain and the last thing she says to to she's like what Wanda's about to do is to like ment is to mentally enslave her for the rest of her life and she says i'm sorry and what the character says is no you're not you're cruel. And that is that's the line. That's the take. And for some reason, like people think the show is confused about um, who, right. who the real villain is, and and like people have much more sympathetic for the anyway, whatever. Um, I, so
1: well, they tried to do that with uh, Captain America: Civil War, I think, but then they didn't really pull it. Yeah. off. Yeah. So
0: you know, this was this is interesting because I'm wa- I haven't finished the the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but the Captain America: Civil War is really interesting because it it does the um it does the opposite of what would have been the most interesting thing for that movie to do. I think that's the one that I, that I like the least of all the Marvels and Me it's like too. one that, yeah. And I think it has maybe one of the best reputations and I like it the least because what happens is it begins with a genuine political ideological difference between Captain America and Iron Man. Iron Man right. believes that the Avengers or the superheroes should have some, uh, should be beholden to society and so the law to the law. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And Captain America has a very libertarian view on this. Well, I I mean, you
1: could say that he just hates Giorgio Accompan. Yeah, that's a pretty good (laughs) point. Like, his position is we need to stay outside the law, right? Yeah. Because the criminality that we're dealing with is not ordinary criminality. So if we're hemmed in by the law, we're not going to be able to correctly confront it. I don't think that's an unreasonable position. No, it's it's
0: not. It's not at all. It's... But the problem is then what happens in the movie is... Right. right. I mean,
1: what happens in the movie is terrible.
0: What happens in the movie is that then the problem, the split between those two people and the split in the Avengers becomes... Because one guy's best friend killed the other guy's dad. And so what ends up happening is we move from the political to the personal, which is an incredibly ideological move. This is like all the time. It's like um, that you can't have political difference with someone. It has to be personal. Um, and if you flipped it, like if that movie began with there Tony Stark finding out that Captain America's best friend killed his dad, and then they worked through that <laughs> in the middle, and then it ended with the ideological difference at the end, that's far more lasting. Well, incredible. Like,
1: well, that would be an incredible film, right? Like, yeah. don't yeah. you think there are certain films that just need to go backwards? Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I just always talk thought about this Memento, about that. Yeah. Um, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, what's it called? Uh, the, the their breakout movie. Oh, the good, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. I always thought like he undergoes some kind of horrible therapy with Robin Williams, <laughs> and I always thought. That film needs to go backwards. Like, he needs to start out (laughs) feeling like okay about himself. And then in the end, he needs to come up be this guy that like beats up guys from Harvard. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, I thought that that's that's the film just needs to just reverse, like just play it in reverse. And I think Civil War is a similar case, right? Like, they, yeah, like you need to. And I think like that's the feminist point. You know, this is the feminist Mm. mantra. The personal is the political. It's mm. the whole. It's the opposite of what Captain Captain America is saying. The political is just the it's personal.
0: personal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really, really nicely put. Really, really nicely put. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I th- yeah. I, so that's a that's a nice that's an, uh a that's, nice our quilting quilting point. Point. that's our quilting point. Do you <laughs> think so? There were other. There were. Other, do you want to get into any of these other ones? No, or let's or just leave
1: the rest. Yeah. So maybe we'll have a a follow up episode of this because we haven't talked about das Ding or. No. Other the of big the other. other, the other of the other. So there's some things left undone, but that's uh, that's why you got to quilt it somewhere, right? So <laughs> exactly I'll, I'll give not, you no. the the lesson, Ryan, because you have. I think you have a good one.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, you know it's not perfect. I think the the but the lesson lesson for today is uh, watch uh, WandaVision because I, I think uh, it it's very hard in uh, in a series. For and and that's why it has to be a, a a limited series. I think to be able to pull this off, I think it's hard to do this over multiple years. But your 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 sympathies, both emotional and intellectual, uh, just flip in in the course of the of, of the series, and that's hard to maintain. But for now, where it's ended, um, it 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 ends with uh, actually quite literally, and and people have overlooked this, but it ends quite literally on this split this this like um this like yes title title of the show title character so we should think heroic part of the avengers etc um utterly utterly villainous um so i mean i mean anyway maybe i've given i've I've given away the um the 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 takeaway but i i think um a good a good a good uh, a, a televisual less also um it plays around with uh with with a tv form a little bit and it's the most formally dynamic of the
1: marvel shows wow Uh, okay yeah 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 you're on the verge of convincing me here so okay because i'm one of the people that needs to learn this lesson so you should yeah hasn't (laughs) hillary
0: watched it i swear (laughs)
1: uh uh, she i think she did
0: yeah yeah okay well okay well sit sit down yeah sit down down and watch it okay have a a, a nice night (laughs) all right sounds good all right
1: over and out ryan over and out todd